0: Go to www.worldofinknetwork.com or visit us on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show.
1: Hi everybody, it's Marcia, Casper Cook And um, happy Halloween We've been having several Halloween shows This lasting all month But uh, we're not there yet we're, And next week I have another show on Tuesday For Halloween and then that's it We're done But anyway, this should be a fun show Elizabeth Black is co-hosting Hi Elizabeth Hello How are you? How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good, well. I'm good you bring, You're bring you bringing me more authors These are three other ones that are really yes. good And it, you know Elizabeth, you really are bringing me such great people because they're so interesting, you know, and they're horror authors, but they are also a lot more to them, you know, and they'll all explain it, but, you know. That's what I like
2: about all of our guests. There's so much to them.
1: Right, exactly. You know, and I think that that's the thing about, you know, people don't realize, you know, just because you write one genre doesn't mean you don't write another one, you know, which we all know, you know, some of us do. It's hard. It is hard to market yourself, but if if that's what we do, what can we do? I you mean, know, I've tried many times not to do that, but I then tend to just go into another genre. You know, I like it, you know, and I think that's what happens. It makes it interesting, so, you know, Elizabeth, you uh, know all these people. So um, before we get any further, Elizabeth, I'll just say I'm an author, screenwriter, podcast for almost nine years in December, and um, it was, I started with Red River, and then it was um, World of Ink, and, well, I'm still part of World of Inc. and Michigan Avenue Media, uh, Virginia Grenier and I started it in Virginia, I think will be doing a couple shows with me soon, and um so that's how we all began, but it's nine years, so it's a lot of different shows, and I've had great guests, and uh, now I have three others with Elizabeth, and so Elizabeth, um, you could start off by probably saying who you are, and tell everybody a little bit about yourself, because okay. I hate talking about yeah, I'm a... I I'm always the worst, I, that's why I try <laughs> to get this out for five minutes, and that's it, uh-huh. I'm done, okay, go ahead. Okay.
2: I'm Elizabeth Black. I write erotic fiction, dark fiction, and horror. And my short horror stories include Trailer Trash, Zombies, We're All Mad Here, Infection, and Invisible. And my short story, The Storm, shall appear in horror zine's book of ghost stories in 2019. And I'm also working on a horror novel called Hell Time, which is about a teenage girl who may or may not be possessed by demons, but surviving middle school might be worse. Yeah. So that's so pretty much
1: where I stand now. Yeah, yeah that's a different genre for you, life. and that's a good that's a good genre. young yeah. adult. It I'm not is. Sure the so that's I, is yeah. I can't
2: figure it out. It might be
1: young adult. It might be horror. Who tells what it is? Yeah, but the, you know, it is well because the age levels have switched a little. I think you mm-hmm. know. Uh, sometimes you know, and a lot of the parents are reading some of the books with their teenagers and they like them so Mm -hmm. you know that's so it has changed so there's no like specific but you know there are no rules anymore we we think there are but there really aren't you know people can do whatever they want you know they can Mm -hmm. listen to them on audio as we talked about last week a little i mean there's so many things that they can do now you know so i think you know it's not that we're jumping genres it's just that we're adding on to whatever we do Yes, you know, and so you're adding on. Okay, so do you want to introduce our three great guests that we've got? Sure. Coming here? Yes, I will introduce our guests.
2: Okay, first okay. off
1: is Jeremy Flagg is the author
2: of Children of Nostradamus, dystopian science fiction series, and Suburban Zombie High, young adult humor horror series. Sacrificial Lambs and Others is Sherry White's first collection. From quiet horror to bloody violence, these flash fiction pieces and short stories are chilling. Many of her short stories have been published in anthologies. Tricia J. Wooldridge writes short stories, novellas, novels, articles, and poetry about badass fairies, carnivorous horses, sh- social justice witches, vengeful spirits, and mundane stuff like food, hay-eating horses, social justice debates, writer advice, and alcoholic spirits. So those are our
1: three guests for today, and this is going to yeah. be a very good show. Oh, very interesting. And there's a lot going on here. <laughs> right. So uh-huh. who do we, um all right, let's bring who do you uh, jeremy how are you howdy I'm doing now that we know good, who know. you are, do <laughs> you want to say a few other little things and then we'll you know then we'll talk to sherry and Trish, and then we'll all have a discussion so did we forget anything that you'd like to say <laughs> that um
3: uh, uh, no, the only other thing i i I'm constantly bringing up, and I might as well make a t shirt out of it at this rate is um. <laughs> Also, one of the founders, uh, along with uh, C. L. Alden, for the New England Speculative Writers, um, and I'm actually this is the first time I've actually been able to say this out loud. And so Trish is part of this, and she doesn't even know this yet. Um, we officially <laughs> we like to
1: surprise our, people here, right? Yeah, Go ahead. I didn't
3: know so or... Uh We are launching our uh, debut anthology, The Final Summons, um, and it oh. went live about. Thirty minutes ago. Whoa. Okay.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> so <laughs> are up
3: and available, and it comes out on February fifth.
1: So where where can they find that? So uh, you know, it currently is available
3: on. Putting... Um, it's currently available on Barnes and Noble, iTunes, and Kobo, and in two weeks it'll be available on Amazon as well.
1: Okay, that's good. You know, our shows are on iTunes now, too, which is a good thing. You know, um, I guess I think they opened up a lot for, you know, we we weren't on iTunes. I think we might have had some before, but now we're all of our shows are on there. I guess iTunes is taking on a lot more than they did, because there's a ton of blog talk radio shows. I mean, there's thousands, I think, by now. You know, I mean, I've been in nine years, but there's a lot of shows.
3: And there's glad, uh yeah. rumor that they are gonna start trying to take on Amazon when it comes to audiobooks. So wow.
1: mm-hmm.
4: it
3: looks like we might have another big player
4: soon.
1: Well, well eventually you probably will yeah. They probably need some yeah. re- you know, that's the thing. You know, people but it's hard to fight. Amazon is so strong, you know, in oh, yeah. but it's a toughie, but you know, and, and as we talked about last week, not that fair. So we can get we can talk about that later I guess. So, all right, so then this is a new announcement. That's a good thing. We like yep. new announcements here. Okay. All right, Sherry, do you want to give everybody a little hi? It's nice to meet you. <laughs> you too. Thank you. Um, so, I've been, tell us I've a little bit writing, about yourself.
5: I've been writing since like 2000. I think I got my first publication then. Um, I've got three kids and a granddaughter, so I'm like one of the older women horror writers I think. So I think that's kinda of cool. You never
1: know. We don't on this mm-hmm. show one thing there's one there is one rule. No age. No well, that's We're age. We're all the same age on this show. <laughs> nobody has an age. You do we I mean, don't really know, you know, how old people are and it you know, it doesn't really matter but it's interesting. So you're probably not the oldest horror writer. It's just that nobody says their age, so you don't really know. This is true. And
5: I, I live in an area where there aren't many horror writers at all, so I'm kind of
1: an anomaly out here. They might be, but you don't, maybe they make up their name. You know, you don't really know sometimes who's writing and who's not. Because, you know, and a lot of times people say independent authors, and they say, oh, maybe, you know, some of the ones from, you know, the big six publishers. You know, they could be publishing under different names. Nobody knows who anybody is anymore, so it's like, that's you know, true. we're all out there. But nobody, you can't tell anymore where anybody, you know, you may be sitting next to someone that's some another, you know, it's an author you don't even know because people don't that's use true. their names. You know, I've mm-hmm. had shows when people have, like, so many names that I don't even know what to call them anymore. So I just, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it is true, though. You know, I've had that. And I had uh, several names, too, but then I decided to just go in with one because it's hard. You know, to be too many people at one time. Yeah, I'm
5: always just me yeah. when I write.
1: Yeah, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's good.
5: Yeah, it's
1: you are to keep up on. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, <laughs> I hear someone talking. I know. I, Well, you know, that's what, you know, I try to, you know, focus. But, you know, I like a lot of things, which a lot of us writers like. So, you know, I mean, you, people want to try new things. So it's it's kind of fun. You know, you don't really know, you know, what you're going to try next. Never say never. You know, because I I think a lot of people are doing things now that they never thought they would do, you know, and that's why it's open for writers now, which is a good thing. Uh, Trish, hi.
4: Hi. Um,
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) The new
4: new things that I've had, um, besides being um, the copy editor for Final Summons that Remy already mentioned, I've got um, two poems that just came out this month, one is in the Horror Writers of America poetry showcase that's and good. the other is in a magazine journal called Nothing Sacred. Um and I'm really thrilled to have both of those out. And I was I do freelance editing on top of it, on top of writing, and I also work at a bookstore in Massachusetts.
1: Well that's well that's a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Are are people coming in? Are are they doing well in the bookstores? How is that going?
4: It's interesting. That's probably the best way to put it. Um, Okay. (laughs) So I I do most of the events for the bookstore, and I also do our online blog and interviews. And I get totally surprised when some events are absolutely packed and also totally surprised when other events don't have anyone come. Yeah. So – It's still a tough time for bookstores, especially independent ones. But the ones that seem to be doing well are the ones that really find their niche and really get to know the community and serve the needs of the community.
1: But I think, you know, and that's a tough thing, though, because, you know, finding what, you know, that would be like Utopia if we could all find exactly what we wanted, you know. But (laughs) with bookstores, it is hard, you know, because they're not going to carry everything. Right. But, but most that, usually
4: know, order and get it in about the same time as Amazon. So if people are up with that, that can also work to their benefit.
1: It's good that you're having, uh, you know, events, because a lot of the bookstores are not. But they don't have a person to run them. That's one of the problems.
4: Yeah. I think it depends it's on location. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, that's, it's a lot that's of work. It's not job. that easy. Yeah. Right. And apparently
2: right. One, pro- one problem is that uh, – it's an article I read at the Washington Post recently that said that leisure reading in the U.S. is at an all-time low. And, I mean, that gets to be a problem. Apparently, uh, we, uh, people who read for pleasure has fallen by more than 30% since 2004. And that comes from uh, the American Time Use Survey from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So wow. we, sort of our, we, we sort of have our work cut out for us. And apparently the main culprit is television. Especially, mm. know, some, some of the TV is really good.
1: You know, I know that. that I, I, is, I, I know. It it's but, really you know, what? it's, it's, it's like a job reading. now. It's like a job. Mm-hmm. When I finish a series, I go, oh, great, I'm done. <laughs> it's like I feel like I've done something <laughs> wonderful. Mm-hmm. Because then, but then I go, oh, then there's another one. You know, I mean, and I think that's true. And I'm starting to s- decide that if I see that there's several you know, if it's not the first season, then I don't know if I want to do it because then i got to go back, you know, and i got to watch all of them. Because if, mm-hmm. I, I've done where I'm trying to start the third, like, you know, third um, series, and then it doesn't really work, you know. And one time I started from the end and worked back, and that really screwed me. That's really not good, you know. It, it's But it's hard because there are sometimes it's at 13, so that it, that would mean there's, like, 30 or some episodes you have to watch before you watch where it is. And that takes time. So I think, you know, maybe people will start reading again. Because I think I've talked to a lot of people, and I think sometimes they're not interested in starting new ones anymore because they feel the same way. Uh, Jeremy, do you you watch TV a lot or no?
3: Um, I watch Netflix like it's going out of style. Um, okay, see, yeah. It, <laughs> right,
1: see,
3: it, there you go. <laughs> it, it it's kind of a problem because um uh one of my friends made the the comment that authors are no longer competing amongst themselves. Um like I can't look at another author and think, "Oh, this reader is either going to decide between my book and your book." The the reality is and I'm unfortunately one of these people now. Um Uh-oh. it's either I'm going to decide between reading or I'm going to decide on TV and with all these shows coming out so fast, I there is literally not enough time in the day to watch all the shows that I really enjoy. I and know so, yeah. um by the time I get home from work I'm exhausted and so I'll put on a show and do a little bit of work from home and then I'll go about doing stuff and it's always on in the background and it just kind of I do the like, same thing, yeah. You, Mm-hmm. You don't even really watch Yeah, anymore. so do I. And then you realize, oh, I can either go invest 12 hours in reading this book, and I'm a really slow reader, so one novel could take me a month, or I yeah. can bang out, you know, 20 shows in a month. So, it and it's unfortunate, but it, it's the way the world's kind of turned, and I think we now compete with movies, TV, mm-hmm. audiobooks, I think, it, are awesome because the car is the one time I can't watch TV.
0: Right, I think that's right. We
1: talked about that. We were talking about that last week and Mm -hmm. that's true, you know, and I think that is where people are starting to listen, you know, and when I'm you know, and then I could, you could listen like for me, if I'm putting my makeup on or whatever, and then the problem is if I have to use the blow dryer, this is annoying because I can't hear. (laughs) So one of them has to be louder than the other. So it's hard, you know, these are like all our little problems here and then sometimes I Late, you know, to go to work or wherever I'm going because I'm watching and I I have to say I have to like talk to myself like I'm five. I go okay, shut this TV off right now. Or you are not <laughs> getting out of this house. You are well, going I
2: to I tend to read in bed, you know, at night. Usually a horror novel, and then I turn the lights off and I'm scared for the rest of the night. <laughs> but um, I mean, I, I just I just finished binge watching The Haunting of Hill House, and it was absolutely fantastic. And the good thing is that a lot of these TV shows and movies are being made based on books. So like I'm I'm going to reread The Haunting of Hill House now and then then go on from that to uh, We Have Always Lived in the Castle, which I've already read, but it's like it's nice to read it again. And, I mean, there are a couple of movies that I know are coming out, one based on um, uh, Bird Box is going to be made into a movie. Yeah. Yeah. a uh, Head Full of Ghosts is going to be made into a movie. And yep. so is, that I will get some people that. interested in order to pick up the book and read it after seeing the movie. So there's that tie-in. I mean, that does help. Well, me. that's a I good thing to at do. At the
4: bookstore, um, we definitely do see that uptick. So we, mm-hmm. The Haunting of Hell House was coming up, so we bought a bunch of copies of that, and they're moving. If we make sure it's we good. have stuff that is on, like on television, whenever – any of the series comes on, um, those books start flying off the shelf. People watch it and then they want to read the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've definitely yes. seen that yeah. in a sense helping, especially some of the older stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think that's and a at good least thing with the haunting of Hill House, At least
2: with the Haunting of Hill House, the book is, I mean, there's there's similarities mainly the names of the characters and some other things that happen in, in the uh, miniseries, but uh, people are going to be pleasantly surprised and terrified reading Shirley Jackson's mm-hmm. novel because I mean that book scared the hell out of me. I mean yeah. even when I saw the 1963 movie, you know, black and white, and that one that one still scares me.
1: Really, but there, I mean, it's just an excellent book. So are they long? How, how many pages are these? Because you know, see. You know, we talked about this last week, and I, you know, every book is like 300, like, I like it when a book is like about 175 pages, which is more like a novella, but, you know, sometimes, even with the audio books, you know, it takes me a long time to read it, because, you know, you're not sitting there all the time, and I'm too going like, like, what chapter is this? (laughs) Wait a minute. But, you know, and then when you're working, then you have to go back, because you don't even remember what you were listening to, because you're really not listening. And, you know, like... Jeremy, when you were saying, like, you listen to it in the background, like, I'm sure, like, I have certain shows that I can just watch when I'm doing something, and I have other shows that I must sit there and concentrate, otherwise I can't do something else, because then I have to go back, because I don't, you know, you're not really paying attention, I just like something in the background, so do you have to go back, Jeremy, and watch some of these then, or you just let it go? The first episode of Westworld, I, I I am not
3: into Western concept whatsoever, yes. and I was like, I'll give it a shot. I know there's a little sci-fi in it because the, the original movie, and I was like, okay, it's kind of interesting, not paying attention, not paying attention. And then something happened, and I was like, wait, what? And then I tried watching <laughs> yeah, right. the second episode,
1: and I was like, Let's no, no, ahead. no,
3: okay, this is going to be a show. we got to pay attention. I know. Um, and then... You know, then there's, like, The Simpsons. You ju- No one needs to actually watch it. You just listen <laughs> to it in the
1: background and then ig- ignore <laughs> most of it. Isn't Mom, that weird, I'm though? I mean, a bunch of, look Mom how, how different everybody is, films. and we're all and saying been, the same I've things. Oh, go ahead. You know, I'm just saying, saying that how enough. different we all are as writers or whatever, and we're all are saying uh-huh. the same things. So it's kind of funny mm-hmm. how everybody has their own little way. Right, go ahead. What are you
2: gonna say? Oh well I'm I'm recording a bunch of hammer films because uh Turner Classic Movies is playing the classics all month long and uh, I've seen these so many times that I just like to have them on as background noise. Like I just finished watching uh Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing in the Mummy. And I yeah. had that on while I was while I was writing, but I can't have that on when I'm reading because it's See, too right. See look at <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do that at all. They don't
4: I watch about maybe one or two hours Mostly just one, so that 's my dinner date with my husband is dinner and an hour of television and then I leave and go to my office, well, which is the main room here, and I do my writing i cannot I cannot do anything with the television on, so he's going to be traveling for two months i 'm not even going to turn on the television unless it's like a Skype date, and he's telling me how to actually like put on Doctor Who because that's a thing we both enjoy. <laughs> So I'm going to totally fall behind on Outlander and all those. It's just not. I can't do. I can't have television while I'm writing or reading or anything. And for me, that's why audiobooks don't work because I would do it in the car and I would get into a car accident
1: yeah, because my okay. brain doesn't work that way. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, then don't do that. <laughs> it, it, there is so much out there now. Okay, you know. I mean, uh, I know. Usually, Elizabeth, do you have any questions? I know you have questions you want to ask. Right? Um,
2: yeah, but I had I had a couple of them. I know that um, Sherry, you have a collection, sacrificial lambs and others, and it's yeah. um, obviously short stories. So I was wondering, um, have you have you ever written have you written a novel yet?
5: No, not yet. I'm actually I don't even know if I have one in me. I mean, it seems <laughs> like such a daunting task. You, I'm not sure if I have something that'll really go that way. You know. And yeah, I just want to ask flash fiction. Yeah, uh, flash I mean, fiction is fun, and short stories you are fun. About short stories. What, what is what appeals uh, to you about the short stories? They're I'm not going to say easy to write, but they're easier, and it's I can just write them kind of quickly, and get that idea out. I don't know how I'm not. I have no idea how to like develop a novel or anything. Unless I maybe take a class or something. Mm-hmm. Well, you could but put your short stories.
1: Deal. You know, are your short stories related? Um, no, not usually. Oh, okay. Then, you know, although you could just do it because, you know, I think that's not a bad thing to do is if you have several short stories, put them in a book mm-hmm. and just sell them as a short, you know, together because, you know, people might enjoy, if they like your writing, they'll probably like the stories because it's hard. Yeah. It, we. You know, it is hard with short stories. You know, I started one of my series with short stories, and I really need to do some more of them, so, but I haven't yet. So I put them, three of them together, but and I do think there's a good market for that because I, you know, when I'm looking online, I see a lot of it, you know, um, and I, I don't know if it's better, getting better or not. I mean, because when I put I think it is. Yeah, do you mm-hmm. think it is? Okay, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
4: especially you know, short stories, um, I definitely see the market growing in short stories. And I think part of that is you can read them on your phone. So people well, right. will yeah, yeah, get yes, yeah. on their phone and get it done with. So you'll get an anthology or you'll get um, even individuals and people will read those and that works very well with short stories.
1: Yeah, because I thought that lunchtime time people could read a short story during lunch. You know, um, I, I, th- I that's what I thought. So I'm just wondering how the trend, what the trend is. You know, what's going on because you know it keeps changing. You know, it's yeah, what I people know, like.
4: The other thing that people have told me, um, especially in the short story market or even the novel market, if you do it chapter and if you're doing reads, is in Europe and Asia they will do micropayments for short fiction or that. for books chapter
1: by chapter. You know what? I it, Really? They do it there because somebody suggested that years ago but I didn't know that they were doing that now but I don't think that's a bad idea but it's interesting. Well, they do you it in the U.S.
3: now. They do it on um, this just opened up recently um, the, the Chinese market is the one who started it and they did the micropayments and it was only like the equivalent of like two cents per chapter, and you're, you're dealing in bulk. But now Wattpad has invited a handful of their authors, and it's their high earners to begin with. Um, so they're now able to do micro payments because they're trying to transition their platform from a public-free platform to a kind of a Premium, so there still be the free content, but now you can, oh, you like this author? Now you can pay with you know ten cent donations and read chapter at a time. Um, well, so cool. it's coming over. I think it's going to fail, to be quite honest. Um, I, free people aren't going to convert. Um, I just free never turns to a pay. Yeah.
1: Um, but right, because you know. Uh, We've talked about. I've had this discussion, and you know, uh, the fact of the prices. Okay, so if you make it ninety nine cents, I mean, it's ninety nine cents. Coffee is more than that. So I think that by if if people all the authors would just get together, and I mean, we we all give free things and whatever. This does get old already because if people are just constantly waiting for free then it's really bad for authors. I mean, it's, you know, they get like 99 cents. I mean, do they realize that like Amazon gets some of it? So how can anybody complain about like 99 cents? I mean, but they want them free. So that's why, you know, and for the life of me, like I, you know, when I do this with the KDP when, you know, the select sometimes, and I'm going like, oh, yes, the numbers turn and everything looks great. And then, as soon as that day is over, it goes to where it was before. And then, what? So, what's happened? Nothing. Nobody gets any money from that, you know. And they always send you the, uh, the oh, there's all this much money in, you know, the Amazon funds and whatever. And so, where? What happened? <laughs> I don't know. What? Who gets that money then? You know, with the funds. <laughs> I you know. I, I, I out it's... of
3: KU. you. I'm not wide because I, I think. <sighs> I, I, I know people who do extremely well in KDP, and I know people who swear by KU. Um, I just never was one of those people, and I had to go wide before I started seeing um, money worth mentioning. And now I actually have enough of a fan base that I'm thinking about going back in when my contract's up with my publisher, because um, I think I have a big enough fan base that I can leverage that. But it's kind of uh, you have to be famous to get famous, and I mm-hmm.
5: yeah. I couldn't yeah. have done it four years ago. But I think also one of the hard things about that you know, say ninety nine cents, but in the other way sometimes you have to pay like ten eleven twelve dollars for an ebook, and sometimes the pay, the hardback is cheaper. So I don't understand how that works, and I don't want to pay that much for an ebook.
1: No, right. no, I,
5: just I bought yeah, a
3: sixty eight dollar right. ebook. It, is? Uh, it, uh, it was a textbook, but. Oh. I bought a sixty-eight dollar book and the physical book was ten dollars cheaper. But I needed it now, so oh, yeah, sixty dollars
2: for. Well, I, I read the, the ah. like a, kind of the magic wow. number for prices for, for books would be uh, between three fifty and uh, no, sorry, between two two ninety nine and four ninety nine. I heard that that's the price that. Uh, people take would take the book seriously because a lot of people would look at a ninety nine cent book and think that it isn't really worth reading if it's only ninety nine cents
1: I know and, uh, I... and one,
2: yeah and one one thing that i've done is uh, i mean i have a uh, i'm going to release a collection of erotic fairy tales in, around valentine's day and what I want to do is have that priced at about two or two ninety nine to three ninety nine and then take my two older erotic fairy tales and mark them at $0.99 cents so that the people that are reading the, the, uh, the collection of fairy tales will go in and say, oh, what else has she written and find those two books for $0.99, cents. and I'll leave them at that price for about a week, and then I'll raise them back up to two ninety nine, which is the price they are now. So yeah. I mean, if you have a, a backlist, you know, then, you, then it might be a good idea to lower the price temporarily when you have a new book out so that you can uh, get people to read your backlist.
1: That's a good idea. And, and for, I think that's important.
4: Here. Yeah. You know, ahead, Jeremy, how did I wanted I you mentioned you have fan.
1: You have your fans. How did you get your fans? I mean, this is very difficult to get fans. You know, I think. So it's a very difficult thing. How did you get your fans? I
3: write, I write apocalyptic superhero in a mild dystopian future and you would think, okay, my target demographic is probably going to be Men, 25 to 45. And my target demographic has shifted so drastically. My, my typical reader is women 55 and up. Wow. And wow. I couldn't wow. tell you why, but you know what? I am Isn't everyone's it? favorite gay best friend, and I yeah. milk it <laughs> for all it is
4: worth. Nice.
3: I, I send them Christmas presents. I I have no like I have – one of my well, friends. See, that, uh, see, friends.
1: honestly, that's really good because honestly, this is so hard to get fans, you know. So, all right, when you started writing and you started doing this and you found your audience, like, so what? What made? It, I, it, it's fair. That's a very unusual group to be in that group, but that's great. And, and, it,
3: and my my books are. Uh, the average age of the characters is in the 20 to 35 range. Uh-huh. Um, my m- main character, you don't know it in the first book, but he winds up being gay, which they were really sad because they really wanted to see him go with someone else, but such is life. Um, right. Then, <laughs> right.
1: What can you do? Right.
3: My, my next series must include a rugged firefighter. It has actually been decided already.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. And, well, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. we've, I've talked about this before because, yes, women seem to like like men that are rugged without a shirt on, and that gets people. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I mm-hmm. have no idea. It, you know, these are these are the tricks that the way life goes now. I mean, that's what people they they have strong feelings about what they like.
3: And a lot of them, like you know, I I used to live down the street from Stephen King. Like I I would see him in the grocery store. Like it was a common occurrence. And oh, really. Like, I, I, he, everyone knows who he is. Like, you talk to him. You say hi like a normal person. But I'm never going to be able to be like, hey, Steve, remember that time I caught you, like, checking the watermelons to make sure they were right? He's never going (laughs) to respond to that. But, but these people will send me an email, and it's a simple email that just says something like, hey, I really liked your book. And when you respond back, they don't understand that. I'm just some average dude who's writing these books. (coughs) You're, you're a writer. And so you have like this, like air of mystery around you. Like, I think they think I'm Angela Lansbury in my free time, (laughs) (laughs) which I secretly want to be. I'm just saying that now. But
4: when you respond
3: to them, all of a sudden they, they've talked to quote unquote, a celebrity. And so you keep talking to them and, then when I released my first audiobook, I was like, hey, guys. Um, and the group is only, like, 20 people. Um, like, I have my, my generic fan group that I don't know who those people are. And then I have, like, my super awesome fans. And That's there great. are only about 20 of them. And I was like, hey, I have an audio book out. Do any of you want it for free? Like, you're just awesome. I'd love to share it. And some of them nice. said yes. And then they shared it out to other people because they just love me. And – They'll even say like I really did not like this book, but I bought it because you wrote it, and that's when
1: you you know it's it's really interesting that you said that because I had um, a woman that she handles like seven hundred book clubs, and she um, she was on I found her in one of the magazines and she came on the show, so um, and we were talking. I said, "What makes you like a book?" She said, "It's not really the book; it's the author." She said, "I like to know about the author. It's not even the cover." You know how all of us sit here and we're going like, "What cover should we have?" And what, you know, what who would like this? She said, "It's a lot of people really want to know about the author, and that's one of a lot of problems for authors. Is you don't really really realize what people want from you, you know, and." People don't understand that if somebody likes your book and they mention your character, how great we feel, that they actually are, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like a person to us, So and they're enjoying it. So I think that that's one of the things that if people are listening out there, if you like someone's book, tell them, because we want to know. It makes us happy. You you know, and I think some
2: that's one good thing about Facebook is that a lot of the readers will find their favorite authors. And it's, it's almost as if, uh, I mean, because it's online, you feel like this person is in your living room and, you yeah. know, I mean, the writers will talk about their books, but they'll also talk about, you know, the things their pets have done today or you know what yeah. they're cooking for dinner yeah. and it makes them more accessible. You know, they're, they're they don't they seem to be like, you know, God up in the sky and, Unattainable. It's uh, it's somebody that you can actually talk to, and that happens like, at conventions too. We all know too. about
3: Stephen King's dogs. We all love yes. Stephen King's dog.
1: Yeah, the thing like, I evil? live with that dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and that well, and that's it's true though. You know, and that's true because in my latest book, it's never too late for love. My dog, the dog talks. Okay, I have. A, I I didn't realize it, but a lot of my characters, my my children, but the dogs talk. So this one does talk. So you know and. I realized that people love that because people that have dogs, which when I was a kid, I had. I talked to the dog, you know, and I really think people love dogs. They love cats. And, you know, I think that that's something that brings people together more than people realize, you know. Uh, It's not the character sometimes. It's about some of, you know, the animals that are in the books. You know, because, um, and I didn't write, and I'm going to write another one. Her name was Gracie, because I actually miss Gracie. So I think I'm, because I want to write more about her, because I'm missing her, because it was so much fun. You know, and I think people, like a lot of people have Facebook pages, well, not Facebook as much, but Twitter pages, as you know, cats and dogs, and I think that those are successful. Does anybody have anything like that or are involved with that?
5: Well, it's interesting because I adopted a dog back in March, and he was a traumatic rescue, very scared, and he slipped his collar a couple weeks later, and he was lost. And he was gone for like eight days. And Uh. I kind of connected with my my town. You know, he's missing, if you see him. And for a week, everybody, you know, I I gave updates off of the day where he's seen. People were telling me where they saw him. And for eight days, the whole my town, it's not very big, we were all just involved in finding my dog. See? And I found yeah. him finally, yeah. and once I got you know once I got leashed in my car, took a picture and said I finally got him. I mean, so many likes on that, and I took him right to the vet. Mm-hmm. And people there were like, "Oh my God, is that Max? Is that the dog who's been missing?" So like the whole town was in on this, and yeah, so just, it was amazing good. how everybody came together for this dog. See,
1: yeah, you know, and, so I think warm, it's yeah, yeah,
2: it makes you more it makes you more approachable.
1: And yeah, it, yeah. It's
2: something, like, something like losing a pet is something that a lot of people can identify with,
1: yes, or it might have right. actually
2: already happened to
1: them. So they, they
2: see right. you go through that. and It's like, oh, they're just like me.
1: Yeah, I'll and I think that's, that is a good thing, and I think that that's what, you know, because I do think, you know, for people that are listening, I think because it is hard to get fans, but I think if, you know, I've been listening to a lot of webinars, and mostly the webinars on any subject, Facebook, videos, anything, they're all saying, you know, that people really want to know about, you know, the author, and they want to know, you know, things, you know, and not just only about their books, and they're so interested you know in everything and and so that's like a good way to get more fans you know and um and I think that also writers I don't know I mean I'm not insulted if somebody says something about I've been doing this for 20 years so if somebody doesn't like a book or doesn't like something I can get that you know so and if they thought maybe I should do something out you know with something you know character whatever that would be nice to hear but I don't know that they feel that they can do that but they could I think with a lot of authors because I think we like to hear those things you know um to know that somebody has an opinion about what we've done with people you know cause the only we all th- go ahead yeah.
3: there's always a dark side to it too and I haven't experienced it thankfully my fans are awesome the worst I've had is one of my fans sent me an email and just literally said um I really like this character um I don't like the relationship you put them in because it felt like this was happening. And I was like, uh, sorry, can't, I can't fix that. It's, it's been published. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, but I've seen other authors where uh, because Facebook puts you in the living room, they, they begin to have ownership, not just
4: mm-hmm. partnership.
3: Yeah. And yeah. It gets into author get, status. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I watched this with uh, Laurel K. Hamilton's fans. They are the most vicious human beings I've ever encountered because they want her to do this, and her characters must do this. They don't like the direction of the book. They don't like this,
1: and they're so public about it. Yeah, that's bad. Well, that's not good, no. At no, I haven't had that either, thank God. but that's years. I haven't had that, but that's bad. Yeah, that could be very bad for an author, too. That's, you know, mm-hmm. there's a limit, you know, and that's what the thing is about beta readers. You know, I don't have beta readers because I write a story, and then my editor does it, you know, and uh, I have had that same editor for, well, 20 years. So, you know, and he tells me, but if you are writing and especially for beginning writers i think if you're writing and you listen to what everybody says you will never finish your book or get your book out there because everybody they will drive you crazy but you know and i have a book um it's called to life it's about a holocaust survivor and um it was a true story the woman just passed away this month Lewis, a few months ago and uh she was in the concentration camps and it was purely. I wrote it as she told it to me, and it is. I didn't make anything up, and everything is as she told it when she went to the Holocaust Museum. But I would get people to say, "Oh, I don't like that she did that," or that. "And you, this is this is nonfiction. I can't change wow. her." Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and out of my other books, nothing ever. But some people say, "Like, I don't like that she did this. She should have done that." I'm thinking, this was real. I, you can't change real. <laughs> You know, you can change maybe something else. but So I think people, you know, tend to do things like that which can't be changed. And um, I've had Jack Remick on my show. He's a um, wonderful author. He, um, he's, and he was a professor. He's done a lot of different things, and he's great. But he once said something about reviews. If you get a bad review, just it's a bad review because you're not going to do your book again. So just let it go. And I think some people, which I do know, some people that have gotten bad reviews and then they want to give up writing. So that's not a good thing either, you know, um, because there are always people that say things that might not be nice just because they just want to say it, you know. And you can't always listen to everything. You know, that's a bad part when somebody does that to somebody because that's, you know, it ruins their career. But because we all know this is hard, you know. Mm It is hard. And... it kind of it it's kind of tough. reminds
2: me a little of uh, what J- What J.K. Rowling went through with uh, the Harry Potter books, and we had you know some of the female fans who were in love with Severus Snape, and they wanted to see him with a with a love interest or married off, and you know she and they were very vocal about it, and Rowling is like, why the guy is horrible. <laughs>
4: yeah
2: <laughs> I mean it was kind of thing, by the uh, you know by the end of it, they were disappointed, you know that the fans were, but you know they they just they couldn't stop reading the books they were right- oh they were writing fan fiction you know based yeah. on. You know, their favorite characters. I mean, you know, you know for me, my you know, my ultimate goal would be having somebody
1: write fan fiction based on, you know, one of my stories. That would, you know, that would be awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, because, you know, I mean, because to us, they are our characters, even the dogs. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the dog is a character, you know, and I think people don't realize they are, to us, they are Real in some respects. They're, you know, naturally Mm -hmm. a lot of them are fiction. They do different things, but we've made them up. And we do like to hear certain things, but you can't change what we wrote because that's just how it goes. Well, I put my pets in my stories before. Mm -hmm. You know,
2: know, two cats in particular have been in, you know, one of them featured pretty prominently in one of my short stories. But, um, you know, it, it,
1: it's just kind of nice to do. And,
2: and, and uh, yeah, you kinda, I your, enjoyed your it. You know, I, I think, the
1: story is based on my cat, you know. Yeah, I think it's just fun. So maybe we could talk about Halloween a little Is anybody doing anything special for Halloween?
4: My husband and I have works. a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's work. So usually Halloween night, he's got it off this year because he's heading out. We um, will get cheap Chinese food, and I am sadly very behind on horror movies. I had a very sheltered childhood, so there's a lot of movies that I have not seen. My husband, on the other hand, has watched every single thing, almost, (laughs) in existence, and he owns all the DVDs. He actually used to own almost all the VHSs. So we basically find whatever movies I haven't watched, and there's quite a few of them, and we pick between those. And we eat Chinese food and watch horror movies and wonder if any children will come down the dirt road that comes to our house. <laughs> they haven't in years, but, right. yeah.
1: It kind of sc- sounds scary. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, it going is. down the dark is. road.
4: Yeah, it's like a third of a mile. It's windy. It's dark. There's no lights. And it's a dirt road in the middle of suburbia. It's great.
1: Uh, right. <laughs> I'm not coming there. <laughs> no
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jeremy did you, were you gonna say something? what are you doing i I work during the day
3: and I have
1: uh i'm gonna come home,
3: and my condo complex is on the edge of town, and nobody comes here um yeah, yeah. the on, only children in my complex are. Extremely religious families, and so nobody partakes. It's
5: yeah.
1: it's kind
3: of nice because I can sit in, have a cocktail, and watch bad movies. <laughs> Oh yeah, God. I live in an didn't apartment in complex,
2: and nobody's gonna, come, you know, nobody comes here either because it's an apartment yeah. complex. But I've I've decorated the entire house. I have uh, I have snow globes. Really, for the, I didn't the know that about you. Really, movie. seriously? Yeah, wow. yeah. I have one for the original Halloween movie and two for Fargo. And um, wow. apparently, uh, I checked them out on eBay, and they're worth quite a bit of money, so I'm holding on to them. But I have um, I have one of those little strobe lights that shine, you know, uh, the pictures on the walls. Out, outdoors, so I put that outside with two terracotta pumpkins that have uh, these little electronic uh, candles inside of them. So those things are all lit up. And I've got skulls, and I've got towels, and I've you know I've got oh, all kinds wow.
1: of. Oh wow! I didn't know all these years. <laughs> Never knew this about
2: you. Oh yeah, I, I,
1: <laughs> Halloween's my favorite <laughs> holiday. I absolutely love
5: it. <laughs>
4: well, Anybody else?
5: No. Um, I used I to be really into it with my kids, but they're grown now. I used to like yeah. work at their, you know, volunteer at their schools and do their parties. And
0: yeah. but my
5: youngest is almost 21, and we don't have as many kids in the neighborhood now, so I don't, I don't really bother with it because it, all the doorbell ringing anyway it stresses out our dogs and it gets them crazy. Right. So I just watch
1: movies. Out. I think a lot of kids now, a lot of kids go to the shopping centers because, you know, their parents don't want them to, you know, go trick-or-treating and eat the food, you know, because sc- it's scary, you know. So I think a lot of them, you know, just go to the malls, and then they have trick-or-treating there, and they don't, they you know, because they have days now. They have di- different times where kids can go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really yeah. kind of sad when you think about it. People do these things, but oh, listen, this is what they do, Yeah, it's, if they want to so, hurt kids.
2: Some towns have a ban on trick-or-treaters that are over 12 years old. Which yeah, they, they can out? get arrested. I'm like, that just takes all the fun out of it. I, mean, I remember happen. trick-or-treating you know what? until I was a
3: mid-teens. If you're 18 yeah. and you come to my door and want candy, I'll give you candy because I'd rather you be trick-or-treating than throwing eggs at cars because that's what yeah, exactly. I did when I wasn't allowed to trick-or-treat. Right,
4: yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, because kids, right? No, but kids do that in the shaving cream years ago and all that kind of stuff, and the toilet paper, with the is toilet all over paper, the yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, because Halloween is, you know, but I will say one thing. I don't know about you guys, but there's a lot of Halloween stores here. I wish I owned one. Oh my God, they are packed. I, I see these fathers <laughs> with little kids are walking out with these skulls and skeletons, mm-hmm. and you know, because kids, it's a big deal now. I mean it really is. I mean it's like for the whole month. That's like my shows are for the whole month of Halloween, but you know, and we're having I'm having Becky Robbins on next week, which she wrote a children's book on a real event. And um so we're gonna be talking about that, but that's you know, I mean Halloween is a big deal. You know, much oh, yeah. much more than it was. They start right in August putting out the candy, getting ready for school and they're starting with Halloween. You know, in Chicago they do that, you know. And there'll be Christmas trees. I saw them in some of the stores already. They're starting to move that in. You know, so, yeah. I mean, it's all it's about perfect. how, yeah. <laughs> people people are starting for all of, you know, they do. Oh. They just, you know, they start on for Halloween. But, you know, a lot of people have parties and things like that, so at least the kids can be in one spot because it could get dangerous, you know. And um, be a, that's a shame. You know, because it really is. It was fun, but I I mean, our show is really going fast. But Jeremy, I wanted to talk to you about one thing. You mentioned, you know, I saw what I was reading some information on yourself, and you didn't like to read when you were a kid. So, you want to talk about a little about what your, you know, what your mom let you do to learn how to read better.
3: when I was a kid, um, my dad was in the military, so he was overseas a lot. And we would travel from North Carolina at uh, Camp Lejeune, um, get in the car in a 20-hour drive, go to northern Maine to visit my grandmother, and we would stay there for a couple weeks at a time. And um, I, I remember as a kid reading Bambi, Scratch, and Sniff, and then I don't remember reading again until I was in high school. Um, and... It, it became a problem and my parents thought that there might actually be something wrong with me because um, I just, I wasn't keeping up with the speed. And, and so my mom to, you know, keep my mouth shut during these long car rides would buy me just stacks of comics. And the, um, she, she thought for the longest time that I was just looking at the pictures and keeping myself amused. And then it dawned on her that I was reading comics. And so Um, When I was really young, um, I would be asking really weird words like um, uh, what is – what does Freundlein mean because one of the characters is German? (laughs) Or what is – what does comrade mean because one of the characters was (laughs) Russian?
1: And my mom,
3: that's how she caught on. She was like, where is he getting this from? And so – I started reading comic books, and then when I was in um, kind of middle school, high school, my best friend and I started writing our own comics. And, you know, it was very much imitating, uh, you know, Marvel and DC at the time. And uh, when my parents moved, I found all the folders, and that's actually what turned into my superhero novels. Um, I, I just took all of these children concepts, and I just grew them up. And um, I can actually say today I just got the first two pages of my first comic book. Um, I'm working with an artist, Amanda Call, out of Maine. And we uh, sat down, she read one of my synopses for a book. And now we're putting together a comic. And oh, we using it as a, as a platform for kids that don't have particular role models. Um, so our the main character of this is growing up in Backwoods, Maine. He's gay. He finds out he has superpowers, and, you know, that takes all the limelight. But uh, we decided to start working on comic books for kids that, you know, write the novel that you needed when you were a kid. And it's been amazing. Um, and it's kind of funny that, you know, comic books started this whole crazy journey. I just didn't realize it at the time.
1: See, it's kind of weird. And you're a teacher, so... Look how and interesting I, I that teach is. digital
3: graphics, so I teach literally comic books all day long. All I talk about is comic books. My my students are so done with me at this point. Um, <laughs> and they still have three more
1: months of listening to me talk. So. <laughs> it does it sound interesting, though. See, but you never know. See, that's the thing. When you're a kid, you don't know what you're going to end up doing. And I would say probably all of us probably didn't expect that we might be doing this at this point in our life. So I get, you know, and that's one of the things about writing. You know, you don't have to be a certain age. You don't have to, you could be whoever you want, you know, and uh, that's what one of the good things is. But especially when you're a kid and there's a lot of kids that do not like to read. They just don't, you know, and, you know, and I think, you know, I wish a lot of parents would uh, get that back for getting them audio books. I've talked about this many times because, my my children's books are an audio, and actually I think audio books are really good because I think audio books, you, you listen to every word, whereas if you're reading, that you do skip. So I think that for kids that don't like to read, they might like the story, and then they may decide that maybe they should take a chance and read a book because they are enjoying listening to it. So I think that that should help someday, I hope, because I, I do feel that the audio is a good way, too. You know, because they can also look at the book and listen to it, and maybe they'll learn then, you know. And it's interesting that you did not, and you're, you know, like to read, and you became a teacher to do this, you know. And so I think that's very unusual, you know. Also,
4: Um, I was going to say the bookstore has been carrying a lot more manga um, so not just comic, but comics, graphic novels, and manga. And at least on some of the summer reading lists we had had this year, they had a graphic novel or two option on the summer reading list, which I thought good. was really
1: good that i Very good, year. yeah. Very good.
4: And,
2: well, I remember, and, I remember well, years ago. I remember years ago when the uh, Goosebumps b- books were very popular, and the yeah. kids were just eating them up. And then it came time for the summer reading, or just you know reading in general in school, and the teachers were not allowing any of them to read the Goosebumps books. And I was I was thinking that you know we got kids here who don't normally read, and they're reading these books. Let them read them.
1: Yeah. You yeah. Know,
2: get them started on that, and there's no telling where it might go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think and, the same thing happened with the Harry Potter books.
3: Oh, yes, and that was one of my biggest complaints as a teacher. I'm sorry, like, and people can crucify me for this. No one cares about Shakespeare. Let's, it's done, mm-hmm. it's over. Let's, I agree. You, you yeah. are literally killing a kid's soul when you force them to read Oedipus. Yeah, at a college level. Yeah, I think audience. I I agree with you. I
1: agree with you on that, that. That yeah, because you know it is amazing though that the curriculum a lot of times hasn't changed. When I mean life has really changed, so you know to make kids go through things that they probably will never use or need to know, and then turn them away from education, that's a bad thing. Yeah, it is. It, well, and can't so be.
3: our our summer reading this year. Um, So we always have a graphic novel is the one option on every grade level. And unfortunately it's always Persepolis and it's always mouse. Um, And then it, the other two will rotate, but at least it's something. And then um, I do appreciate that there is normally like some very like Beowulf style reading, but there's always um, something a little more relevant to a now So before 13 Reasons Why became Netflix, that was on the reading list, which was extremely poignant at the time. And The Hate You Give is now mandatory reading for all sophomores or juniors at my school. Um, And so they're at least pushing. And for a while, Harry Potter was required reading, and it was on the required reading list. And I think it started in seventh grade, and so they read one book every year. Um, until they finish the series. And, of course, you know, a kid picks it up and loves it, and they finish it. Yes, that's good.
1: Right. Those are good. Those are good things because, you know, really good. Yeah, yeah, and you want kids to, you know, enjoy things, you know, and not have to feel so much pressure. But, you know, and that's a whole other subject. Those
2: aren't aren't I was going to say, those aren't small books. I mean, they're really,
1: really huge.
2: And we're talking yeah, cinder yeah. block size. So we got yeah. kids that are reading these behemoth books. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that's good, too. I mean, but the yeah. story just pulls you all the way through. You can't put yes, it down. Yes, and
1: I think this is good. And, you know, these are newer things that kids should read because they enjoy it. And then maybe they will, you know not be so pressured in school, but that's the whole thing, you know, which is so bad what they pressure, but they pressure adults too. You know, we're all on Facebook. We see what goes on and it's kind of sad, you know, but I think people should always be able to do whatever they want, you know, that's, you know, and not judge, but we can go on and talk about that, but we won't. But anyway, so, okay, this has been a great hour. I want everybody to give their websites and where people are, where they can find you and, uh As always, it's so interesting, you know, to hear everybody's, you know, and I think that um, by doing these shows, I think one of the things is horror writers, erotic writers, romance writers, we're basically the same. I mean, we just write different things, but we have opinions, you know, and we write. So I think, you know, people out there when they're listening, they could try a different genre and they might be surprised that they might like it instead of saying no you know, I'm never going to read a horror story or I'm not going to see a horror movie. You know, you never know. And that is, you you are right about Netflix, Though about one thing, though. Netflix does give people an opportunity to watch something that they probably wouldn't have watched. And and then they end up enjoying it. So that's a good thing, though. Mm -hmm. Because Netflix has everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and... So I think some of the steps that people are, you know, taking now for, you know, letting everybody, you know, get a little more information about different things because, like, you know, if you turn it, you can just turn it off. It's not like you have to go into the theater, you know. So I think this is a good thing. So those are some good changes, you know. But, um, all right, so let's see. All right, uh, Sherry, where can they find you? Um,
5: um, You can find me on Facebook. I don't have a blog right now, but... um... I'll just share you right on Facebook. I don't know how many and of your, you there
1: are, but in your short stories, own. I found you easily. And your short stories can be uh, there on um, different so places or
5: sacrificial lamps and others that you can find them on Amazon.
1: Right. That's um, right. Are they on Smashwords? We didn't talk about Smashwords, but are they on Smashwords?
5: No, I've never used that.
1: Yeah, you might want to look into this. You know, short stories maybe sell pretty good on that. Yeah, I will look into that. That's what I've heard. Um, you know, some people do really good on smash shorts. I, I'm yeah. not one of them. I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I do sell. I do sell on there. You know, but I think people don't understand it. I, you know, it very much. But when you're on there, the schools and different distribution areas see you. Oh, okay. You know, that's that's one of the things that people like about it is that it puts you in different markets that you might not be on. So that's a oh, good thing. And you
3: can get in the library.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, in the libraries, right. Uh okay, uh Jeremy.
3: Um, you can find pretty much everything about my life um <laughs> on um, on my website. Um it's www.remyflag.com r e m y uh, f l a g g yes I am related to the Randall Flag from Stephen King The Stand um, <laughs> my uncle did you do um, your
1: own website did you do your own it's very it's very organized I liked it did it, you do did you yeah. do
3: your own um, my my actual background is in graphic design and web design oh okay so it's, I, yeah it's the one thing I can do extremely well so. Yeah, it was, like books, yeah. it was good. Yeah, it was very work. good.
1: It was really good because it was very organized.
3: Um, I thought. And then uh, you can find all the, the Final summons stuff on com. Okay. All
4: right. Tricia? Um, you can find me, uh, my website you can get to either by trishajwildridge.com or most I use is a com. And that covers both my editing and my writing um and then I'm also pretty easy and you edit do you edit
1: all kinds of books or just a certain genre or
4: I don't anything? edit much in the way of romance, but outside okay. of romance i can do. i've done pretty much everything else
1: okay, that's good to know Elizabeth. Ah. Okay, Uh, you can find
2: me on Facebook at Elizabeth A. Black. I'm also on Twitter, but I don't really hang out there that much. And uh, look for the Horazine's Book of Ghost Stories in 2019 and read my story, The Storm. And uh, my website is eablack-writer.blogspot.com, and you can join my newsletter when you uh, go right to the website.
1: And that's a good thing. Cool. And, you know, I forgot to always... You can find me at com or um, MichiganAvenueMedia.com. But I forgot to say, you can um, feel free to go in Michigan Avenue Media Podcast Group on Facebook. I can always add you because then you can post whatever you want in there and then we can share it for you. Uh, so every, cool. you're free to go into that. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, I think the groups are... I mean, I'm in a lot of groups. I don't even, you know know half of them, but I think the group sometimes, you, you never know who's going to share it, so that's a good thing, you know,
5: because
1: yes. um, we all need that, but it's hard to get people to share these days, you know, and even if they do, Facebook isn't showing it. <laughs> We're all in the same True. boat for that, yes. So, And this has been fun, and um, my next show is next uh, Tuesday, and it's in the afternoon. And I've been doing both afternoon and day, depending on you know, or evening, depending on who needs what. So this, I'm so glad to meet all of you. It was really fun, and um, you all seem to be doing really well here. So that's a good thing. Thank yeah, you. And thank you for having uh, us. Yes. Oh, it's been yes, great. Thank you. So, And I hope you'll come on again. And, uh, Elizabeth, I know you will be on again <laughs> soon. Mm-hmm. And so everybody yes, go, and write, right? go home and write. Or go home watch. Actually, watch Netflix. Actually, This Is Us <laughs> is on. This Is Us is on. So Netflix. Mm-hmm. People will be watching that, you know, and, um, and you know, you know already what's going to happen because it is this way, you know, <laughs> this is how life is, we all, we're all we all in a certain part of our life now where TV means a lot, like we said at the beginning, and it does, you know, good thing for on demand, otherwise people wouldn't be even listening, <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody, and thank you all for coming on, and it's been great. And uh, if you have anything that you want me to post for you, please just you know, send it to me in my email and I'll be happy to uh share anything that you have. Anybody that's been on. Thank you. So thank you very much. Thank you. All right. And then happy Halloween yeah, to you. everybody. Happy I'm not Halloween. going down the dirt road. Happy but maybe somebody'll maybe somebody'll come down the dirt road. You never <laughs> 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 You gotta be ready for them. All right, happy Halloween everybody. Happy Halloween, happy Halloween. Thank thank you. You. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Thank
4: you. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.